Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom. And where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Let's go ahead and kick off today's episode with some awesome news. You guys remember last week when I mentioned how Callie was having some interviews going on? Well, in less than two months, you guys remember that I mentioned her just what a handful of weeks ago that, hey, we got a new course enrolling and she's cruising through the content and that was Callie, right? Well, in less than two months, she has entered the course completed the course, completed her certificate of instructional design, received her certificate of learning development. She's used the scenarios that are provided for projects in the course. She's used the portfolio that's provided in the course that's incredibly easy to just populate with the content that you make in the course. She's interviewed at multiple multiple companies and she has received a full-time job offer from one of them. Callie, I am so happy for you and everything that you are making happen. I want you to recognize that what has made this happen is your personal initiative, okay? You took action. You didn't just think about it or brainstorm it. You're an action taker. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you and everything that you are making happen on your path. If you are a teacher who's hearing this and you're like, oh, I want to know more about that, or I'm ready to take action and make something happen for me. If instructional design is the transition track that you want to take to take your teacher skills to the next level and open up opportunities for your future, just go to teachertransition.com forward slash ID for instructional design, and that will get you all of the information and more for that. Callie, again, congratulations. And I'm so excited for you. Today's episode is with Reba Matthews. Reba is a former elementary school teacher, and she taught for over 15 years. She transitioned out of the classroom before a full retirement in order to pursue her interests and new opportunities to work with her incredible educator skills. She holds a master's degree in educational technology, and she's an educational consultant. A lot of people ask me, how can I become an educational consultant? And I loved doing that work. Reba does it as well. So excited for you to hear about that. But you're also going to see something similar to what happened with me. While Reba did educational consulting work, she also discovered that she wanted to do instructional design. So along with doing a master's in instructional design, she saw the value in taking an online course in it as well, because really online courses can give you a lot of real world application and work-related relevance, okay? Universities do a great job with the theory. They do a great job with assessment and information, sometimes the online courses can just really help with that work-related relevance. So now, along with doing educational consulting, Reba also does instructional design work. She's a native to San Diego, California, and she recently relocated to Dallas, Texas. She really loves, loves both states. 
you can find some of Reba's professional development webinars on the simplek12.com teacher community website. And you can connect with her personally at our upcoming summit to help teachers explore the opportunities that are out there for them and for you to learn from former teachers about what they do now and also from career transition experts on how to identify, land, and create the opportunities that align with your skills, your hopes, and your interests for the future. Simply go to teachertransition.com forward slash summit to save your seat and to connect with Reba and so many other former teachers at this upcoming summit. Okay, you guys, let's hop into today's episode so that you can learn all about educational consulting and her teacher transition story and so many of the opportunities available for you. Hey, Reba, thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Definitely. I know a lot of teachers have been asking, well, I posted in our Facebook group that we were going to be chatting and some people have been asking both in our private course member only group and in our open Facebook group, they've been asking some questions and things they wanted to know from you. So thanks for sharing your story. Okay. Glad to do that. Yeah. Tell us first off, like what you taught, maybe where you taught, if you want to share where. Okay. Well, I'm originally from San Diego. That's where I taught. And then I um, moved to Texas because I like adventure. So that's where I am now in Dallas, Texas. So Um, was it hard to leave San Diego weather? Because I'm pretty sure it's pretty incredible weather. It was hard to leave, especially my kids. They're grown now, but um, I know I could always fly back. Cool. So, But I want a new adventure and I've enjoyed this new adventure here in the South. Good. So you taught in San Diego. Did you also teach in Texas after moving then? No, I, what I did was I subbed in Texas and that kind of um, talks about how I transitioned into what I'm doing now, because a lot of teachers, when they transition, they have to think about that income, you know, how they're going to keep their stream of income coming in as they make that transition. So, you know, I'll talk about that too. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. And also I know, you know, we have a lot of teachers who are very early in the field of teaching, but we also have a lot of teachers who are very close to retirement. Yes. And some are trying to weigh out, should I teach all the way until a full retirement mm-hmm. or take retirement earlier, things like that. Yeah. Anything you want to share on your path about any okay. of that? Feel free to dive Well, in. basically I started out as a preschool teacher and then went into elementary teaching. I did leave early. So um, those that are beginning and in the middle and at the end, it works for everybody. But I did leave early. People were worried. But what I did to prepare for that, and I'll go back to saying what I taught. I taught like first grade, third grade, sixth grade. I taught all the grades in between, but those are my special grades. So every couple of years, I would switch grades because I just liked having something different, you know, all the years I was teaching. But while I was teaching, um, you know, I think that teachers are feeling like the freedom that they have in teaching a teaching curriculum, because I had a very good principal that wanted me to work with struggling students. And because I, I created a lot of things that helped them get, you know, move through their achievement bars and all of that. And I felt like, OK, I'm doing pretty good. But as there's, you know, the the. Um, the standards got tighter and, you know, more, you know, the school districts started, you know, really tightening up on teachers or what they could teach. 
And so then I gravitated to teaching outside of the classroom. And then I had a lot of freedom. And again, I still worked with struggling readers. You know, I I started a science club for struggling students in math and science. So I got a chance to do some of the things that I really wanted to do because I missed the classroom. But I also wanted that freedom to use the talents that I had. So therefore, once I was doing that, people were asking, well, how did you teach this? And I would create that. And then I ended up teaching teachers, you know, how to do things in their classroom using their curriculum. And so I was doing that a lot. Then I started to attend workshops. I started attending workshops on the weekends. Um, I focused more on technology because I really like that. Dragged my little youngest son with me there, you know, Saturday meetings. It's a little different now with the pandemic. But I also did online conferences. A lot of them with Classroom 2.0, SimpleK12.com. There are so many venues that I did, you know, prior to the um, pandemic and still now. Uh-huh. But I was just seeing how there were people speaking. They were creating content. And I'm thinking, I can do that. I've been doing that. Um, so while I was teaching, I just kept on going to these conferences. I went to an EdCap um, conference with a friend. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the things I don't want to miss telling you guys. Yeah, and but, we'll leave um, it in the show notes because I know people are going to be like, oh, what conferences should I yeah, be attending? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what I did was um, one of the ones I, and then I opened up a Twitter account and people are like, what's on social media today? And back then when I did it was really important. I didn't know how to do it. And so I joined it in 2010. And what was really critical about that was how many people are willing to share with you? I mean, you ask questions and one of the real, um, when I was thinking about leaving teaching and going into consulting and my resume was very teachery. And I just spoke out and one of the persons on Twitter contacted me and she said, I'll share my resume with you. She even called me. She said, what's your phone number? And we sat on the phone and we talked about it. I was amazed. People are sharing so much. So then I started following people of like mind that were going into um, consulting. Then a lot of teachers weren't leaving the field because people think about teachers staying there until the end of time. But um. I wanted to do more and I was trying to utilize my talent. And so I went on Twitter. I started going to the conferences. I went on Simple K-12 and then they called for presenters and I submitted a present, submitted a proposal and I got on there. Now I'm one of their speakers on Simple K-12. So I know a lot of teachers out there, you're, you're creating every day. We're creating so much, especially during the pandemic. I follow some teachers. They are creating great things. And this is the way that you can transition out. Then um, as I was getting ready to leave, I got involved in online tutoring because I think teachers, you need to think about your income as you're transitioning. And then I applied because I uh, for a um, adjunct instructor with the university because I had a master's in technology. I got that while I was teaching. And so those two things were there when I transitioned out early. And everybody's like worried. I said, well, I have income coming in. And I did that when I moved to Texas. And what I did was I started subbing. And the reason why I tell teachers to sub, even if they're going into consulting or wherever they're going to go into, is because one, we miss the classroom. Two, is that we stay in touch with what's happening in the classroom. Because when you're consulting with teachers, they're like, you've never been in the classroom. You haven't been in a long time. You don't know what's going on. And they, I had more credibility. And they were more willing to open up. 
I teach from a very honest base. I don't, I'm not running to your principal. It's between me and you, you know, what do you need? And I've been very successful with that because I'm honest about what they need. This is, man, you've hit on so many amazing points. And I love some of the areas where I'm like, oh, we had that in same, or, you know, things in common, teaching at the university level, which I loved. What a good experience. Mm-hmm. And you have such a fantastic example of building your transition path prior to kind of a full transition out. You know, I think also substituting can be such a great way to stay you know, you're saying in touch with education, but also with your local community. Yes. So you're making contacts, especially if someone is doing solely local educational consulting. Right. So great right. example. Right. Um, and the thing is that you you make those connections. Sometimes you get, if you're going to go independent, you know, you're getting customers. Um, I work with a company that um, does consulting and I love it because my schedule is wide open. I can choose because I went part-time Now there are full-time positions, but you know, family, you want to be able to travel and you do get to travel with this and I'm remote. You take your laptop and you know, you're going to that specific place. Now that we're all, a lot of us are virtual now, you still can take your laptop anywhere you go. Just make sure your background looks good. And um, so that, and in, in a day of a consultant, basically what you're doing is that whatever company you go into, they're going to train you. You don't have to worry about, am I, do I know enough uh, about this product? Once you get in, um, I want to say this about teachers. If you're going to go into that, feel comfortable with hearing your voice, standing in front of people, go on Zoom and practice, delivering, hone in on your um, PowerPoint skills. You know, you don't have to learn a lot of software. And I'll talk about a different um, career I'm kind of guiding into, but I'll talk about that software. But get real good with PowerPoint. Start having some really pristine and professional looking PowerPoints because a lot of the jobs are going to ask you, show us your work, present this. My first interview with consulting was I passed the interview this, and it was, my, it, was in a, it was in a restaurant because a lot of this is remote. And she said, I want you to produce a PowerPoint on our product. I had never seen the product before. Went home, clicked on every link in the in the uh, site, made a very nice PowerPoint, got in front of them and just act like I knew them. And I was hired that day. And I knew all the teachers out here, we talk to kids all the time, we're always, but just get real comfortable with yourself, seeing yourself, hearing your voice and just show what you know. Because you don't really have to know that industry, they just want to know what your presence is like. Are you comfortable? The other thing is that social media is very good. Those connections are there. I joined, you know, Facebook groups. I also did like global education conference. I ended up being a moderator for a speaker. I had never done that before. So there's a lot of opportunities. When people ask you to try something, try it. And so now what I'm doing is that when you're a consultant and a teacher, I'm guiding into instructional design. How many teachers have developed units of study? You're again, you're creating content, but you're in the corporate world. You're saying, oh no, I'm a teacher. You fit in. But just go into that. They're going to tell you, give you all the information, but you can just, you know, develop that PowerPoint. I'm learning Storyline 360. So all of that. This is great. And these are all things, you know, Storyline 360, we go over that in our instructional design course that we have from teacher to instructional designer. And we provide 
facilitator templates and like the PowerPoint oh, templates and all of that. So everything that you're talking about is so hand in hand. I think a lot of teachers have never even heard of instructional design. You know, they've heard of curriculum design. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have teachers who had never even heard of instructional design a handful of months ago. And they're now working in corporate as an instructional designer, making $20,000 more than they were as a teacher in the classroom. And their motives weren't income. It was more opportunities and the ability for flexibility in the future. So yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. That's great. Will you tell teachers the difference, like for anyone listening, the difference between your master's in instructional design and taking an online course in it? Like, you know what I mean? Because I was talking with a teacher, for example, this last week, and she is doing WGU's Western Governors yeah, Universities. Yeah. Is that the one that you did? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's in that program too. And when people are like, look, I want a master's in it and I want it to be inexpensive. Then I say, okay, if that's what you want, you want Western Governors, yes. but just know you're going to be learning theory. You're going to learn yeah. some stuff about assessment and you're going to graduate having no idea what instructional designers do and not having a resume and not having a portfolio. But if you want yeah. a degree, you can do this, you know? And yeah. so a teacher reached out this, this week and she was like, Allie, I'm in this master's, but compared to the online course from teacher to instructional designer, she's like, it's totally different. Like the course is so relevant and helps you actually get a job. And she's like, I have no idea what an instructional designer does from WGU's program there's just such a difference well the wgu which i found out later um is that it's more for higher learning if you're going to go in and you're going to teach at the college level and so that works perfectly for them and you said everything exactly right and because we have i had strong technology skills and most of the teachers that guide there we just learned storyline and we kind of knew powerpoint so it's real you know similar to powerpoint just on steroids but um you start learning about fixing up your resume, which I wanted to mention is that get that resume, change it from the teacher look, looking type of resume, start using the words, you know, just click online, look at the jobs, use their terminology and fix their, fix their resume, you know, so that it looks like someone wants to hire you in corporate because they will hire you. But if they see that you're just all the teacher things you did, just changing the words because you're still going to be teaching. You're still going to be developing curriculum. It's just, you know, in a, in a different setting, and it's gonna pay you more, like you said, pay you way more. And the other thing, look at, you know, Google yourself online and clean up your online presence, um, especially your Facebook presence, because I don't even connect with my children. I don't know what they're gonna put online. And you know, you never know what they're gonna say. So this could be something totally innocent. But the fact is, you know, I kept my Facebook private, you know, I um, so that when they do Google your name, they do look up your Facebook. They look at look up your Twitter accounts and all the things you're posting online. Clean that up and, you know, and look at your resume and just clean and start. Yeah, clean up your resume, but also start posting things. There are websites like SlideShare, AuthorStream. I started putting that up online. And then when they Googled me. Um, they saw these different products that I had, you know, produced. And one interview, they told me, you look too young to have done all this, but I could prove it because of my online presence. So I put the link in there and they're like, oh, okay, she really did do this. So those of you that are brand new into teaching or getting ready to come out in the middle, it doesn't matter where you are. It's just, if you follow, you know, these steps, you know, do some things while you're now teaching, especially with, with, with us, excuse me, with us all being virtual, 
we're doing a lot. You know, you're doing way more you probably would have done. You have access to people more. So get the few friends together and say, hey, I want to do a, um, a presentation. Would you guys mind coming online? Record it. You know, um, just get used to that. Just start inviting people. And then when you, once you get your Twitter account, you know, tell them, hey, I'm going to be doing something. It's very casual. They have Twitter chats, ad chats that are on there. I attended a conference once. I was going to attend a conference one time. And I didn't have a ticket and they had sold, not sold out, but they were at capacity. One of the persons on Twitter, I said, oh, I wish I could have got in too late. She said, if you come to the door, I'll let you in. Never met her. Nothing. I got in. I was the best conference I ever been to. Yeah. So, I mean, there's free stuff all over the place that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. I know when I, when I was considering transitioning out of the classroom, I, I made a Twitter account specifically to education. I intentionally didn't add it any of my friends yes, because yes. I already had a feed, you know, a Facebook feed where I could log in and see here's everyone's right. new babies. Here's right, everything, right. everything going on. <laughs> I needed a place where like the nerd side of me, like the part of me that loves work and what I do and feels like a rock star at it. Like I needed to kind of quench my thirst in that area. Yeah. So I had it exclusive to that. And we walk teachers through resources and processes for that in our course called from uh find your next dream job for teachers to help and to help with networking and so much like what you're talking about so and learn how to to google the correct job that you want i started putting in trainer and i was just so amazed um because i ended up working for scholastic i didn't know scholastic had consultants like what you know you just think of the book fair but it was the best and now i'm with Houghton mifflin harcourt i mean just wonderful i mean it's it's out there for teachers. And I know a lot of are leaving now for various reasons, but there's a place for us. There's a place for us. There you know, is. It's, it's and it's such an appreciated place. Yes, so yes. now I know a lot of teachers are hearing all of this and they are thinking, wait, everything that you're describing, that's what I want. But I don't know how to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. And I know you're going to be doing a training for us in our summit, kind of showing them like, if this is what you want, let me mm -hmm. guide you through that st those steps. Can you give them kind of a sneak peek into what you'll be sharing and training and, and showing them how to do? Well, basically, I want to show them how to, if they're in teaching right now, to look at all the skills that they have. Look at what you have already. And start using tools that you can put yourself out there. You can start creating content and, you know, uploading them and getting comfortable with where these venues are, where these places where people can find the outlet. Also attending conferences where there are people that are doing that type of job and listening to them, listen to the way they present, connecting with them, um, how to clean up your resume, you know, where to go how to Google search when you're on Indeed and all these types of jobs. Look at what you have. I don't, some people might say, well, I can't afford a master's right now. Well, look at what the job is requiring. Not all jobs are requiring a master's. Some of them are, but what do you want? And once we look inside at what we want and what's out there, that's the connection. And then you can add like the instructional design. That's a, a, an adding to what I'm doing now because I got comfortable with consulting and standing in front of people, creating content and keeping the audience engaged, but they need to start practicing now. I don't care if it's out of school, in school, but those types of bridges, I want to give them some conferences they can attend, giving them some names of people on Twitter to follow, some Facebook groups like yours, um, you know, just 
you know, even though they may not um, get enrolled in Jill's group, she gives so much outside of her group that you can utilize that and move on. Because everybody's in a different, you know, level right now with the pandemic and, you know, spouses might be out of work or whatever's happening, but it can be done. But I want them to make sure they don't jump out there because some of them have jumped out there and they weren't ready financially to jump out there. Some of them felt like they could take the chance. But, you know, just showing you how to glide into that. I know subbing probably won't be an option for some people, but when it does get better, because it's going to get better, um, it is a perfect place to be because the district may end up hiring you. They might see that you're in the classroom because when I'm in the classroom, I am a boss in that subclass. And so the principals will come in. Well, you know, um, would you like to be one of our permanent subs? Would you like to be, you know, can you give workshops and things like that? I haven't done any of that yet, but it's there. The opportunities are there. Those are the things I'm going to teach them. <laughs> I love hearing that. And, and, and try to do things. Yeah, just. That's so great. Um, will you, would you mind also sharing with teachers, you know, as you, in, in the summit resource, how to land an opportunity in educational consulting? Because I know a lot of people are like, wait, how do you do this for Scholastic and for all a variety of these companies and sharing that as well? Yeah, the job with Scholastic is called consulting. They're all called consulting jobs. Some of them now are turning to the name um, title um, instructional coach. And that might be confusing to a lot of teachers because they've been around that and they felt it more of as a valuative type of title. So if you see those two titles, it doesn't mean that you're going to go in and, and um, evaluate the teachers. So look at those titles. But you're going to go in and you're going to teach a program. You're going to be in front of teachers that, the school has bought the program and you're basically showing them how to use it. Um, be real comfortable with questions that you don't know and let them know, I'm going to come back with that. Don't feel upset about, don't wear your feelings on your sleeve because they might, a lot of teachers are, a lot of them don't like workshops. They might be forced to be there, but you make it good. You make it fun. And I always tell them, I'm the first one to fall asleep at a workshop. So I promise you, I promise you, this will be something you can walk away with, you know, and I just make sure I connect with them and know how I felt when I was in workshops. Um, the same thing with Houghton Mifflin, you know, it's, it's just your day. You pick your days, you go to different schools, you have to get your people skills up. Not everybody wants to be coached. So, you know, take it and say, hey, I understand how you feel, but guess what? I got something for you. And eventually, you know, it's just having your people skills up and just know what you're talking about because the company is going to help you know what you're talking about. So you don't have to worry about that. Just be in touch with you, your people skills and, you know, ready to deliver. I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I just did some educational, educational consulting and training last night. And the only reason why it was at nighttime is because they're in Hawaii. And so the time (laughs) difference was, so they're like, for them, it's after school. And for me, it's like late into the evening, but I love what you said about, being the first one to fall asleep at workshops, right? And I think, I think I always say that teachers make the best trainers. Mm-hmm. You know, when I hear like someone's training teachers or educational consulting, I know people can do it from different backgrounds, but former teachers or current teachers who are doing this on the side or, or who, former teachers who are doing it full time, I just really think they're the best. They relate with the audience. They know it needs to be relevant and applicable. I always, I almost always start with, we all know what it's like to be in a boring yes. professional development meeting that has no relevance 
and it feels like too much theory. And I promise this is not going to be like this. You know, it's going to be hands-on. It's going to be actionable, relevant, and you're going to leave this feeling like your life is easier because you're here. And so anyway, yeah, I love, love what you shared about that. And when they make their PowerPoint, just put little signals on there for yourself because you don't want to read from it. And you just look at it and say, okay, you guys, you know, and like, just like you just said, change it up, have it, you know, interaction and just get comfortable with your audience. You know, you'll feel like a TV star, but you'll get comfortable with them and they'll remember you and, you know, leave your cards behind and you'll find out they'll start contacting you. And a lot of times that can lead to a contract, you know. So. Great. Um, I assume all of the work that you do is as an independent contractor or freelancer, or are you working as a W-2 employee or as a 1099 contractor? I'm a W-2 employee. It you are? is okay. considered sort of independent because I can choose my days. You know, I can choose. Um, I've been really lucky because I've networked with people in the company and they've always been managers of teams. And so I've always been on the team, but I am a W-2. This company, Scholastic and Holt Mifflin are W-2 companies. So, but there are a lot of 1099 companies out there, but yeah, it's, it's wonderful. (laughs) I I want to be a 1099 with instructional design. That's my goal. Awesome. My goal. Awesome. Part of what I ask is because in our membership, like this month and last month, we've we've been helping teachers who want to start their own company, but they don't know, like, how do I set that up legally and financially? And how much should I charge like on an instructional design project? Well, should I charge by hour or, or as a whole project? So yeah, helping people with all those steps and and walking them through the process. So I think if they've never, if they don't have a contact base, I think they should go with a company first, but if they do know where this, um, basis where they can make that um, transition. But I think it's good to go with a company first. It's just for me. Now I feel comfortable if I wanted to go out on my own because I know what it takes. I know how the contracts have come through. Um, I've been working with administrators and hearing what they need because, you know, it's money and money is going to be really tight when this is over. That's, that's totally true. The school I was training yesterday, again, based in Hawaii, so interesting to find out they're cutting a thousand teaching jobs in Hawaii, you know, and some of them are going to be teachers and some are going to be kind of support of teachers, but yeah, a lot of funding issues. Right. Right. But it'll get better. It will get better. Awesome. And similar to to what you said, my path also was working with companies first Mm -hmm. and that really built my contacts so I could then go more independent later. Right. Just be real careful about conflict of interest. You don't want to tread over. And so, they need to really pay attention to that, but it's out there. There are some schools that can't afford, you know, companies coming in and they can, they can afford an individual. And so it's there. Great. Okay. Let's tackle a few of the questions from teachers. So they've asked about work-life balance, mm-hmm. like, and also what is your day-to-day schedule like? My schedule changes every single day <laughs> and it's according to me. So um, because I'm part-time, I can, you know, set up my days I want to work and I can move them around. If I have to change, you know, days or whatever I have to do, but it's based on me. And so I, that's how I balance my life. If I want to go visit or visit my children or whatever I want to do, I can do that. So, and then the day depends on if it's a day of training, that might be a six hour day. 
And we always give the teachers an hour for lunch. And sometimes it might be a half day of training. So just depending, you get to choose which one you want to work with. So my day is different every day. And I love that. Um, if you work full time, again, your day, your hours will be a little slightly different, but most of the time it'll be the same as a school. So for instance, if you're a one time zone, it might be like you just said, you're going to have to get up at six o'clock and train that school or whatever. So that could happen to me as well. But um, so that's kind of like the day to day type of thing. But full time people do work every day. They do work every day. They have benefits and those things like that. So um, I just paid for my benefits myself because I wanted to work part time. But so that's your day. Um, being on your computer, checking your emails, um, keeping a really good find a place to keep your documents and your creations like I uh, had Dropbox. I had it for years before I just finally bought. I had it for like 10 years before I bought it this year. And just find the place where you can put things and you can share things with teachers, you know, get a Google Drive, um, those type of things. So just a place where you can keep these because people are contacting you and you need to be able to just link it real quick and send them the documents or put them in a folder where they can access all the information you just gave them. So my day can be long, but it's going to be self-determined. You know, and your day might also end up with creating things, you know, creating, taking a PowerPoint presentation, moving it around or creating your own. I even had the opportunity of creating a uh, kindergarten play uh, presentation. So, again, it took, you know, spending time. Find places to find um, copy, you know, non-copyrighted images. Start building that base up, doing things like that. Get your little office set up, you know, so that you can do what you got to do. But your day is wonderful because you're driving that day. You're doing something you love. So it it can, it can it determines whether you're going to be part-time or full-time. So, but your days are always, you're always interacting with different people. So your day is a lot of times very different. I love hearing this. And thanks for sharing about insurance as well. That was another question. Can you give us any insight into compensation, like what a person might anticipate? And I know that there's quite a range, but any kind of ballpark, because I know people, a lot of teachers are like, this is so unknown. Any any ideas about starting or different companies or any any advice and insights? Well, I um, followed the one teacher that was on the, she's doing a 1099 and she was charging like maybe 250 to 300 a day for presenting at a school. Um, if you work at a company and you're full-time, they are going to give you benefits and there'll be a 401 like that. If you work like me, I bought my own insurance and, but they did have a 401k. So look at what you're doing. When you step out there, you have a family to support, your spouse has insurance. Think about that, have a good conversation with them and find out how can we, you know, sustain this transition. So like you said, they're going to get paid more than they were as a teacher, but these benefits. Also, because teachers do not pay into Social Security. I didn't in California, but because I was a um, came into this company, I've been here since 2013, I now have built up my quarters in Social Security, <laughs> but they do penalize you. I mean, penalize you because you did not participate all those years, but you know, you still will be able to get Social Security. So that's another thing they can look at. That's great insight. And then, um, yeah, just the, one other question as far as retirement, like some okay. teachers who, who are feeling like, wait, if I don't work all the way to retirement, I don't get 
any retirement. <laughs> and it's like, no, if you've worked to however many years your area requires in order yeah. to be invested into it, yeah. can you speak from experience about any of that or kind of reassurance about, look, if you, if you decide to not go all the way to full retirement, here's how it works. Um, so what it does, you just definitely go and talk to your retirement um, department and find out what, you know, what the compensation is and make a decision right then and there. Cause I did that. I went to several meetings and I looked at, okay, I'm going to, I'm leaving early, but I can sub, I can tutor online. So I'm going to be okay. So I definitely looked at that first, even though I was going to leave anyway, but you know, I was, you know, I just wanted to see where I was, but then once, because I left in 2012, I started with and I didn't know I was going to even be working for Scholastic in 2012 when I left, but I got the job in 2013. And so I was okay, you know, comfortable. But yeah, they should, you will still get your retirement. I can't say for different districts because California is very um, teacher-friendly state, a very teacher-friendly state. So I don't know. I don't want to tell them everything that I don't really know. But California, I... You could pretty much leave okay if you know they'll tell you exactly what you're going to get and look at that and compare it to what you're going to do. If you're going to sub, you can make it up, you know, and then invest in an um, IRA. You know, I did that. I, I have an IRA account. I put it in there because you're going to be making so much more money. You're just like, she's kind of shot. <laughs> you start putting money away. You know, just take that one day of pay and suck it in there. But yeah, they, it's a lot. It's a big transition. It's a financial. Um, move. I won't say um, some people have gone back because they didn't really prepare. They didn't really know, you know, and just try to just configure yourself into a more of a corporate type of teacher, you know, and that will open more doors for you. But yeah, that's, that's a good question. That's important. It is important. Yeah. Thanks so much for, thanks for speaking to that. Um, just to wrap things up, can you just kind of speak truth for a second or encouragement, enlightenment, spreading perspective or reassuring any of the teachers that are there in their classroom or they're listening to this on the way to work and they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to spread my wings a little bit for yeah. them. I offer them permission yeah. and insight and advice and recommendations, just whatever kind of teacher truth you want to share with them. First of all, teachers, we are the backbone of everybody. You know, everybody that's out there, regardless of where they are in their life, they've always had a teacher in their life. So what I want them to do is just look at, you know, because what I did was I started getting a book, a blank book, and I just wrote down everything, everywhere I've been, everything I've done, and just keeping notes of all the conferences because you have the talents. You have it. So just think about, okay, what do I need to do now while I'm here? Get those teacher friends, get your family friends, start just developing stuff. You can do it because it's out there. It might be a little tiny slow right now, but it's going to get better, you know, because I'm still working. I'm still working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can do it and just, just use what you know, like fix that resume, clean up your online presence, do those things right now as soon as you can. And you can keep building and just start going to all these conferences that are available. I mean, we can do it. You can do it. Um, just don't jump out there, you know, um, no, take those steps. If you can take that risk, cause you got something at home that you can, you know, money sitting around, but you can do it cause we're the backbone and they need us. I mean, there's so many jobs right now opening up because a lot of jobs have transitioned to completely virtual. 
And so, like you said, the instructional designing, the presentation, a lot of people don't want to use click, click, click on a, on a computer. They want a live conference. And so just start joining these groups. When they ask for speakers or a moderator, jump in there and say, hey, I'm willing, I want to try it, you know. Hey, thank you so much for that and especially for your example. You're, more, doing than this yourself, You're so. more than welcome. I enjoyed this. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so excited for everyone to, yeah, to be able to listen to this episode and to be able to learn from you at our upcoming summit. So. And also, I wanted to say that I'm willing to give us a freebie when you get to the summit for one teacher to get a 90-minute um, conference call with me and I'll help them with their resume and help them with some searches. So, Awesome. That's, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. Okay, Reba, thank you so much. So great to chat with you. All right. Glad to be here. All right. Bye, everybody. Do you ever wonder what you could do next for work opportunities? Would you like to hear from actual teachers who have now gone beyond their classroom and work in different roles? Well, join us at our upcoming summit. Whether you want to become a trainer, whether you want to start your own online business, whether you want to become an educational consultant or work remotely from home in flexible ways that align with your skills, we have excellent teachers who are going to show you the ropes for all of these things and more. Come and get the training you need for those specific resumes. Come and get the resources you need to actually get started. You don't have to do this alone. You're going to do it more successfully and enjoyably by doing it together. Go to teachertransition.com forward slash summit to sign up for the summit today so that you can join us as it goes live. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.